You're listening to Baltimoreans, the home of the all-weather fan. My name is Sam Dingman. This is Alan Smith. Let's get stupid. Hello, Baltimoreans. How are y'all doing? Happy halfway through the difficult month. What a what a murderer's row of uh, competent baseball teams we're for facing off here. Um, but Sam, I have to say, um, we we belong. We belong. What a beautiful your Baltimore summary. Orioles. Your Baltimore Orioles belong in this um, in the in the same breadth with the the Braves, uh, the Rays. Uh, you know, the Angels are not so very impressive, except for the games in which Otani is pitching and hitting. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, we belong. We belong. Yeah. I mean, I think we probably share the sentiments of many people listening uh, in that it feels like we probably could have won the Braves series and definitely could have won the Angels series, if not for a couple of... Uh, I mean, the Braves won. It was an extra innings game with the ghost runner rules. Who knows who, like, ought to get credit for victories. I Can I share an old man take on the ghost runner thing? <laughs> Please. Every, you know, I understand that what MLB PR would probably tell us is that they came up with that so that extra inning games are not interminable and don't end up stretching on and on and on. But what I was think... that playoff game, the Seattle playoff game two years ago, where it was like into the 16th inning of 1-1 baseball? <laughs> yeah. I see why you don't want that. <laughs> well, I don't. I mean, I, I see why some people don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> right. But... Uh, I, I, let me rephrase. I see why the... Um, PR department of MLB <laughs> yeah. does not want that. Yeah. I think what really happened is that some algorithmic bean counter dipshits were like, ah, the clips that get shared most on social media are walk-offs. What if we mm. engineered a situation where every, almost every extra inning game has to end in a walk-off because we put... <laughs> the potential winning run on base. And this is totally what happens when those games end with the home team scoring that winning run that has been placed on second base. Instantly, a Capital One walk-off clip is generated. <laughs> Although, and, in the defense of the bean counters, wasn't there going to have to be a walk-off every time it goes into extra innings anyway? <laughs> Well, yes. If, For the home, it's team. the home team. If that, the home team wins, yeah. That wins. But this is the thing. A walk-off used to be exciting because yeah. it happened organically. Not because right. it like it was 75% seated ahead of time. Ah, this is the old man take. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sorry. It, it took me a second to um, <laughs> eat my last bite of Metamucil before I got to the point. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, you know, I, I, um, I have to say, like, I, I have been, um, looking deep in my heart for any outrage about any of these, uh, mm. changes, and I, I can't find it. Can't find it's, it. Baseball just seems more fun to me right now. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> and, a pretty and, fun the, and there's, there might be a very direct. There is certainly a very direct one-to-one correlation between the Orioles being fun and baseball being fun in my personal brain. But, um, 
Yeah, yeah the, these these are these rules. You know, also I, I think you're underestimating a major factor in that decision, um, which is the ghost lobby. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's a dangerous lobby to underestimate because exactly, there are consequences. Exactly. Don't don't fuck with the ghost lobby. Once you once you've uh, decided that you're going to put ghost runners on, you can't take that away from them. <laughs> you know. You're right, and I didn't think this through. I take it back. Please <laughs> let me let me sleep in peace tonight. <laughs> can I can I just also say that there is something really like, um, I don't know, like the highest level of baseball that I, Alan Smith, ever participated in myself mm-hmm. was um, in the backyard with one other person um, yeah. playing. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I probably played t-ball or something like that. But like you know, I didn't play much baseball. But the Ghost Runner is a solid, solid the throwback to my childhood, where they only had the one runner and the one pitcher and the one batter. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. Although, and I promise I will put down the Metamucil in a moment. But that is out of necessity, not out of. <laughs> Uh, expedience yes. for securing a deal with Capital One to sponsor video clips. All right, I'm done. That's I'm true. done. That's true. That's true. Okay, back to your um, your 2023 Baltimore Orioles. Who? Oh, right. Yeah, I think. I, no, I think you're. I think you're right. I think. I mean, you know, halfway through the month of destiny, um, we're um, not. You know, I 500 ball ain't bad, and you could reasonably expect us to be. You know winning a couple more of those series um and we're in all the games we're in all the games and with the exception of a couple of dicey performances uh dicey is maybe uh not a strong enough characterization of grayson rodriguez's most recent outing let us not speak of it um the starting pitching all of a sudden has looked competitive to effective dominant Um, (laughs) I okay. Let's drop the D word. Let's drop it and, and let's kick it around for a little bit. Um, yeah, there, in moments, Kyle Bradish. Kyle Bradish. I mean, like Tyler Wells had a bit of a had a bit deal. of a um, had a bit of a backslide most recent outing. But I mean, backslide in that he gave up home runs to two surefire Hall of Famers right, and otherwise right. pitched pretty well. Like, yeah. well, I'm not so think, mad about it. I think you could say that of of Tyler Wells' most recent outing, of Dean Kramer's most recent outing, and even of Kyle Gibson's, there's a, there's a bend but don't breakness to mm-hmm. what they're doing that is directly related to, yes, we have this offense that seems uncannily capable of scoring runs in the late innings. And has a real kind of never-say-die sensibility to them. But um, the fact that, you know, with the exception of Rodriguez, those other starters have been able to keep shaky outings from getting ugly. Let me just, let me also just say, in in defense of Gandalf, two things. One, the Orioles are six and two in games that he starts. Yep. So, true. uh, True. Let's all, let's all slow our roll a little bit. Yeah. And, and two, like, this this is a guy who the Orioles organization decided was not ready to break camp with the team at the beginning of the year. Yep. He needed a little more seasoning. Mm-hmm. And then some injuries happened such that that seasoning is now happening in the major leagues. Yeah. But like <laughs> the, we're, we're only, what, 30, 40 games into the season right now? Something like that. The, 
the speed here's here's my metamusal moment for the day um <laughs> maybe we can get capital one to, to sponsor a, a metamusal moment um <laughs> the, ca- <laughs> the capital one metamusal moment brought to you by ca- capital one by and metamusal <laughs> yes yes um old man yells at cloud um guys <laughs> relax about the prospects I mean, the the speed at which I have seen people condemning Grayson Rodriguez as a failure or and Gunnar, Gunnar Henderson. Henderson as a flop, like Gunnar Henderson has hit in safely in the last six games. Yeah. And he's remembered how to field again. He's fine. He's 12. Relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, the the only really, I would say, troubling thing for me this week you know, as frustrating as the loss against the Angels yesterday was after Adley yeah. hit that moonshot that I thought was going to give us the lead. That was my favorite Adley Rutschman home run of all time. It was so good. All right. Um, and we got to see, like, a little bit of an Adley strut. Like, I feel like as close as Adley's ever going to yeah. come to, like, showboating a yeah, little feeling bit. himself. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm and like, go ahead, Adley. Like, it yeah, is allowed. Yeah, yeah. You are fine. Um the only thing, honestly, that that deeply concerned me about this most recent week of baseball, anyway, is that people booed Grayson Rodriguez when he walked off the mound in the first game of the series against Otani. Um, to That's the point so that, that Dan Connolly, in his piece about it, I don't know if he's the one who asked or if it was other people in the press scrum, but like... He reported that Grayson was asked about it after the game. Like, could you hear? Could you hear the people booing? And like, yeah. It, look, it's the big leagues. You're a 23 year old top prospect. This is showtime. You have to answer the difficult questions, do the difficult things. But the last thing he needs right now is to have to answer that question when, like, you know, he already feels bad about how he performed. It's also a really, I mean, it's a really interesting question of, um, like, so I think that booing um, a rookie starting pitcher who uh, has a bad, one bad start at home um, is obviously on one insano end of the spectrum. But, like, I am more and more... um, out on the idea of like the fans pay money so they can come and say whatever they want and do whatever they want and be whoever they want. Like, I think that, uh, sports more and more to me are a sort of like communal experience. And, if you spend um, all of your time as a fan nitpicking the things that are not going well, you create an energy for things to not go well. And that might be a little like woo woo, but like I, I think that there's like a real like to take the other team in my life, Tottenham Hotspur, uh, who are in the midst of a, a really truly bad tailspin to end the season mm-hmm. and have fired two managers and are um you know, really struggling. They're getting booed at home every single game. Like, and 
you know, part of me is like, sure, like people pay a lot of money to come to these games and they're frustrated by a lack of effort and a lack of sort of like cohesion and the feeling that this team has given up on the season. At the same time, um, it is very clearly making it harder for those players to play well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very clearly like getting in in the heads of uh, of a team and 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 making that less and and the the alternative like really true like great support does push things in the other direction yeah so i don't know like the the i'm not saying that you, that as fans people are not allowed to express frustration i express frustration myself often um but i think that the uh the idea that the goal or like the, the 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 prerogative of the fan is to come and boo someone like Rodriguez, it just it just speaks to me to like a different version of fanship than I'm interested in. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, yeah. I'd much prefer I'd much prefer us to be like you know we're behind him as long as he's wearing the the colors and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be supportive and we're gonna hope that he does well and we're gonna pick him up when he doesn't. Yeah, well, and, and as you and I have talked about. A billion times, but it never stops being relevant. If we're going to be fans of a team, increasingly in the modern corporate environment, or really the corporate environment ever in this country, yeah. you want you have to be there for the players as individuals. That's who your allegiance should be with, right? Because the people that own the teams could sell you out or betray you at any time. And in fact, as we are seeing in Oakland, might not actually be invested in winning baseball games. It might not actually be something (laughs) that they care about because it's not actually good for their long-term bottom line for the team to be competitive. dare you? I guarantee that everybody who plays for your team of choice, they want to win the game more than you have ever wanted anything, probably. Because <laughs> that's how you become a, pro- a professional athlete, is if your yes. entire self-perception <laughs> and identity is about victory. Um, and I'm not even saying that's a good way to go through life, but that is how you become no, a no, professional athlete. No, 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 athlete. it's very unhealthy. Very unhealthy. <laughs> um, and, you, I mean, we could get into a whole conversation, probably, about how, like, well, how different is that mentality from the mentality of the corporate titan who owns the team, whose whole thing is winning at a more global economic scale. Mm. We could go there or not. But (laughs) just to keep it within the realm of Grayson Rodriguez, maybe for the moment, (laughs) Grayson Rodriguez is more upset that he biffed that start than you or I or anybody sitting on their couch drinking a loose cannon IPA could ever feel. Yeah, and and I think that the um, that the per, like personally, what I get out of games depends a lot on what I put into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, with the aforementioned Tottenham Hotspur, I currently have had to stop watching the team because <laughs> the the pain of them doing poorly um, was not counter... There was no emotional counter lift 
like when they were scoring goals, all I felt was apathy. And when they were conceding goals, I felt or playing poorly, I felt frustration. And like, so the whole the whole experience of being a fan has tilted away from um, joy. And that's a real problem. <laughs> so I have yeah. to take my own personal break and I have to take my own personal, you know, uh, reconciliation with whatever, whatever that is. Um, but what I would urge people who are uh, kind of on the angry Oriole fan side um, here at the home of the all weather fan um, <laughs> is to find uh, ways to be invested enough in these players that you are joyful for their successes and, understanding of their failures <laughs> because yeah. that's just a much nicer way to go through sports life it, it just is. is it is and like I, I don't know i on monday night for the first time in years i arranged my whole schedule for the week so that i could watch the grayson rodriguez mm. shohei otani matchup because the way my life is constructed right now, I don't often have time after work to just like sit down and watch the game. And there have been entire years, five of them recently, where that was not a problem for me as an Orioles fan because an Orioles game, it just was not appointment viewing. It might be fun to like watch some highlights the next morning and consider broader narratives of what might be going on with the rebuild and stuff like that. But the idea that of a Monday, there's a super consequential matchup where really exciting stuff is going to happen. And it's the best player the world has ever seen, arguably, in Shohei Otani versus the best pitching prospect our system has developed in years in a consequential game, you know, about a quarter of the way through the season. This is a, that's something to sit down and watch and give your focus to. And hmm. yeah, we lost the game, but it was an exciting game. It was good TV. That, that yeah. game was good TV. The lead kept seesawing back and forth. We hit three home runs off of Shohei Otani. Like, he beat us with the bat. He did. Yeah. But we got to him as a pitcher, and he is one of the best starting pitchers in the league. Yeah. He just he is. It's not like we, you know, yeah. touched up some nobody who sort of is disappointing out there actually innings. that we we lost to someone named Chad because uh Otani <laughs> gave up five runs and scored five runs by himself. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the difference maker was some some Chad fella in the bottom of the Angels order who I'd never heard of before. Right. Right. Uh Chad Wallach, I think is he related sounds... to Tim Wallach? Can we can we put our producer on that? Um, Could not pick Tim Wallach out of a lineup, so. <laughs> so, I don't know, just like, it's it's very, I'm saying this to myself, it's easy yeah. to forget how recently a Monday night game just did not feel like anything close to appointment viewing, and even if it did, the idea that we might make it competitive in the past might have been exciting enough, but the fact that it, it was expected that that would be a banger baseball game. And it was a banger baseball game because we are not, you can say a lot of things about this team, but there have not been any laughers. Mm -mm. They're all interesting mm -hmm. so far. Mm -hmm. And yeah. like, what else can you ask for? 
What actually, right. what else are you looking for from this s- stupid sport? <laughs> well, and I mean, also like f- fundamentally, Rodriguez is six and two. Orioles are six and two, and Grayson Rodriguez starts. Yeah. What like, else do you need to know? Like it, it, it doesn't. It, the the vitriol. It's like, um, you know, uh, the 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 analogy for me is like someone who has um, cooked a beautiful, complex meal. This might be very close to home for me as the father of a three-year-old uh, <laughs> and created multiple different delightful dishes. And the um, first thing that said three-year-old tries, she doesn't like. So the whole meal is out the window. It's like, come on, guys, context. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Try other things. It's fine. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah. invested in the get invested in the other pitcher. And as Kyle Bradish starts to find his footing, mm-hmm. as Tyler Wells establishes himself as a better starter than any of us, a, a reliable starter, which is not something any of us maybe would have bet money on. As no. Dean Kramer starts to find his true level, which is serviceable major league starter. That means that in three of the five rotation spots every week, we can have a a reasonable expectation that we're going to get a solid performance. That doesn't even include Kyle Gibson, who you know is going to keep us in it, even if he's maybe never necessarily going to be dominant. Which means when Grayson Rodriguez's turn comes up in the rotation, yeah, he might cough it up sometimes because he's never pitched in the major leagues before. But you're just as likely so far, in fact, more likely, to get the kind of outings that we've seen him have against the Tigers and the Rays, where he figures he navigates a difficult first inning because he seems to be allergic to <laughs> pitching well in the first inning, but then <laughs> finds a way to, to, get, to grit through five, five and two-thirds innings with flashes of dominance along the way. What it, What else do you want from a 23-year-old starting pitcher? And fundamentally, as the Orioles continue to be 10 games over 500 and within like a shout of first place in an absolutely bonkers American League East, let me just say, like I think the, the oh, last terrifying. place team is on an 89-win uh, pace right now. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. It's it's just it's fascinating. Like, well, you know, let's go back into sort of the week that was and the week that will be. So, you know, we're in the midst of a very difficult stretch of baseball and they're playing 500 ball. And now now we get to go play the bottom dwellers of the American League East. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) The Jays and the Yankees. Um, But still, you know, let's 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 prophecy forward and say we can manage to take. I'd be thrilled with four out of six of the next um, six games then you also have to, you know, account for the fact that this Oriole team has uh, some, you know, D.L. Hall, um, John Means, uh, you know, there, there are there are other people who can throw a baseball pretty effectively who are not currently uh, on this, you know, I, I'm excited for the return of Dylan Tate, although I believe in his last outing that wasn't... Um, a super exciting yeah, it return. Was not, it was not uh, pretty. <laughs> it was not pretty. But you know that's okay. He's working his way back. Like then so we there, get Michael Givens back this weekend. There are options. There are things that will kind of 
allow voith to be something we don't need to hear again for a while like there are there are good there are good um secondary and tertiary options further down the line which make me really hopeful for this oriole season overall because you're right like we have i would say every person who takes the ball right now in the starting rotation i don't think that's an l (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah. And for so many years, uh, my reaction to seeing this Orioles starting pitcher was like, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's nobody who feels like a sacrificial lamb. And no. that is nuts. I mean, that's nuts. To, that's nuts. To countenance. And I feel like a lot of us... Even at the beginning of this season, that's nuts. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of us, ourselves included, are guilty in various moments of not pausing to appreciate how different that is from 2021 like like it it very recent very very recent memory yeah yeah i mean you know the the thing that i text back to sam every time he texts me excited about some new orioles bat is who's pitching because that has been the question that has haunted the baltimore orioles for as long as i can remember and i was on this podcast two months ago kvetching about the fact that we didn't sign an arm Mm -hmm. that could sort of anchor our rotation. Now, I still think we could have signed an arm to anchor this rotation, but it does feel like the pieces are all greater than, like each individual player so far has overperformed my expectations for them. Yeah. And, you know, with the exception of Chris Bassett, who we are thankfully going to miss in the Toronto series, I think, if you look at the free agent arms that we might we could have gotten we we had gotten from Jamison Tyen to Carlos Radon to um, I mean not that we were ever really going to be in the mix for Verlander or um, Degrom but uh, almost all of the big ticket free agent pitchers from this past off season have gotten off to very stumbly bad starts and it, it, it's you know Grayson Rodriguez is outperforming most of them <laughs> yeah um and he's one of our guys and his ceiling is way higher so I don't really think there's a lot to complain about there um that said I am so afraid of the Blue Jays series <laughs> I'm <am laughs> so scared because this is the thing about the Blue Jays that well I, is 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 Vlad hurt He's he's dinged up. I don't think he's on the IL, but he's not at full strength, which um, from a narrative standpoint, I welcome. I wish him well as a human being, but I, <laughs> I, I welcome from a narrative standpoint the fact that we're going to miss him at full strength. But the thing about the Blue Jays, and, and obviously, you know, in the broader sense, this is going to make the series really fun. The, the Blue Jays play with this ferocity Mm-hmm. That I don't know where that comes from. I think it comes from their manager. I think it comes from Schneider, who seemed he like is a real bulldog dude. You know, the Rays, I think, especially in the Wander Franco era, have started to play with this kind of quiet swagger, which is fun to see. The Yankees play with a certain amount of pompousness. The Red Sox play with it. It's like a they're they're like uh it's like scrappy yet dignified um Mm. and the blue jays have this ferocity to them 
which for me comes, it, it's a Schneider thing. And I think it's also a George Springer thing, honestly, hmm. but they, it's like, they want to slap you around a little bit and they are capable of doing it. Um, and so, you know, I don't know what the adjectives I would use to characterize our team are. What, I'd, tell me what you think they would be. But I, that, we have not yet faced a team that plays as angry as the Blue Jays I, seem to I, play. I think that this Orioles team, the adjectives that I would use are like um, goofy and unaware. <laughs> by which I, by, by which, and, and, and I, and I mean that in the most positive sense possible. Yeah. This team reminds me of that, like, why not us 2004 Red Sox team mm. in that, like, they're having a great time. Mm-hmm. They seem to all really like each other. Right. And also like, as compared to all those other teams, they're not really playing angry. They seem to just be playing like, woohoo. <laughs> this is great hooray baseball Expect- expectations what are those like yeah and and you know maybe actually that's one of the reasons why booing rodriguez felt so out of place to me is because like i feel like the entire like um the entire thing for this baltimore Orioles scene so far is like good vibes only you know like mm. it's like we don't even know to be afraid we don't even know to be worried it's like we're not even uh like no, I, I. Nobody on the Orioles team seems to have read that we're supposed to regress this year. No one on this Orioles yeah. team is, seems to have be aware of the fact that like you're not supposed to turn five journeyman pitchers into five good starters. Like whatever the fuck is happening with Yanier Cano, all that is <laughs> like good vibes only. You know. <laughs> yeah, and you know also in the spirit of what we've been talking from a from the let Mike Mike Cook standpoint that we've been talking about the last couple of episodes let's also consider the idea because oftentimes what's behind a lot of these complaints is like it just feels like there's no there i would have planned this better i would have executed this better you know um but let's think think about this for a second because there are a few things in this most recent series that i had forgotten about here's one do you know how we got Kyle Bradish? <laughs> for Dylan Bundy. We got Kyle Bradish for Dylan Bundy. And at the time that we traded Dylan Bundy, I remember feeling like, God, this is such a sad story. How did we blow the development of this kid who, by Yet all accounts... another amazing arm, can't miss prospect. Yes, had a chance to be one of the greats. And... I will always have love for Dylan Bundy. But at this point, Kyle Bradish has had more... This feels very weird to say out loud. <laughs> Kyle Bradish has had more sustained success at the major league level as a pitcher in the starting rotation than Dylan Bundy ever did for us. Yeah. And Dylan Bundy, as we record these words... He's getting tossed from AAA games for using sticky stuff on his hands. Like, Don't like to see it. it, it Don't like to see it. You know, I, I'm still sad that we weren't able to capitalize on whatever pros, whatever potential Dylan Bundy what's, once had. But the fact that, and I know that it was not, I don't think it was Michael Elias that even made this trade. But the fact that no, we No, I think it would have been right before him. Yeah. Yeah. 
But the fact that we were able to turn Dylan Bundy in No, I think that was I think that was Elias. Yeah, that does sound right. That sounds right. But that honestly you know, there's something to be grateful for there that is easy to forget about. And similarly, yeah. if I am not mistaken, Dean Kramer came to us, I think, as part of the Machado trade with the Dodgers. Mm. And, Interesting. You know, at the time, if I'm right, I, let me let me know if I'm wrong about that. But I know he came to us as as part of the the fire sale of 2018. And you know, like at the time the the big return on that was supposed to be Yusnel Diaz who is uh, I think out of the organization now and never really amounted to very much. But here's Dean Kramer pitching meaningful competitive innings for us. And Dean Kramer also, I forget how old he is, but, like, he's a young guy. Um, yeah. I'm just going to look it up really quick. He is... Dean Kramer is 27 years old. Yeah, Elias was um, the Bundy trade. He wa- Okay, great. Because he, he joined um, right after the end of the 2018 season, and that was in the, the great fire sale of 2019. I'm going to say it. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Also, I just heard Mike Elias um, on a baseball broadcast. He joined the booth during a radio call a couple days ago. That boy is a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He sounds like such a doofus on the radio. Yeah. Said as a nerd and a doofus myself. So that's me welcoming welcoming him in, not casting aspersions. Yeah. Yeah. So... I I did just look it up, the Machado trade, and this, uh, I think, does predate Elias, but the Machado trade was Diaz, Dean Kramer, uh, Zach Pop, Bravik Valera, and somebody whose last name is Bannon, whose first name I forget. I'm not saying necessarily that I wish... We won that trade. (laughs) Well, yeah, or that I wish Manny Machado was still on the team, although... You know, he's off to a pretty rough start in San Diego this year. Um, and I do have some questions about how Machado's energy would have fit with the the chemistry of what the rest of this team seems to be. Good vibes only, baby. Good vibes only. Manny had some bad vibes. Um, but, like, it can be very tempting to view our track record in a lot of these scenarios as the bust express. And there are elements of the plan that are working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dean Kramer fair. is one such. Kyle Bradish is one such. And I think we ought to look at those guys as proof positive that whatever's going on with Grayson Rodriguez can be ironed out. If we could fix Yanir Cano... <laughs> <laughs> If we could turn Yanir Cano from one of the worst pitchers in baseball into the most dominant pitcher in baseball, I think we can probably figure out whatever's going on with Grayson Rodriguez. I think we can probably get Gunnar Henderson's swing <laughs> in shape. I I think it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun fun uh, Yanir Cano fact for you. 
Um, Is there Margaret, any other kind of Yin Kano fact? <laughs> only fun. Margaret Dominique Minimalism Smith, my yes. uh, second daughter, was born on March the 9th, 2023. She has never seen Yanir Kano concede a run. <laughs> the last time, she's almost three months old. The last time he conceded a run was March 3rd <laughs> in, in, uh, in, in spring training. <laughs> yeah. There is, by the way, um, a really incredible Twitter thread floating around today about uh, Yanir Kano's story of... Uh. Um, his journey through Cuban baseball and to the major leagues and being prevented from pitching by the Cuban authorities for some time. And, you know, the as with all players, but particularly players who come from Latin American countries with, like, oppressive political situations, what what he has endured to be doing mm. what he's doing, the idea that anybody would throw shade at him for showboating when he gets a strikeout like please do your homework first <laughs> yeah i haven't even really seen that like have people started to be upset with him for for um his posing in the sense that there are always metamucil types <laughs> who who don't like when <laughs> when you buy city bank what's the rule on that by the way um like are we allowed like what's the um what's the what's the libel law <laughs> around um creating a sponsorship opportunity when we are not actually getting paid uh i think it as long as what's happening is clearly satire <laughs> um which Good. uh i think we're in the clear we'll have to we'll have to leave that up to the morons faithful um about how how clear our our positioning here is because I don't know if we even know. <laughs> um, but while we're while we're talking about you know expectations and our ability to develop prospects and stuff like that, yeah, I just think there's going to be something really poetic about holding all these things in our minds as we face the Blue Jays, uh, in particular because, and I don't like this. I don't like this. This doesn't make me feel good. The only because I hate the Blue Jays for historical reasons that no Orioles fan needs an explanation of. But it has been so fun to watch Kevin Gosman turn mm. into a dude. Kevin mm. Gosman at this point is a dude. He is one of the most dependable starting pitchers in baseball. Yep. His starts are always fun to watch. He always keeps the Blue Jays in the game. He has he's really become an exciting pitcher. And it is heartbreaking to me. Like that one for me is almost more heartbreaking than Hunter Harvey or Dylan Bundy because Gosman did show flashes of that for us and we were just never quite able to to figure it out. Um and Well, I think that one of the things about Gosman and his career with the Orioles was it was just a question of timelines. Mm. Like he he um, he was a decent enough pitcher that I think we wanted to keep him. I think the Orioles would have kept him around, except for the fact that they were in such a teardown mode that they knew that he would basically he was he had more value to the club 
for the assets we could recoup for him, which I don't remember being particularly spectacular. But um, like, <laughs> I, I, I think I think that the timeline was like the thing that did him in. Um, like, I, I think I actually remember this when they traded him because I was kind of surprised that they traded him as well. But I think it was part of the full 100 games a, a season Tankapalooza experience um, rather than that he didn't work out as an Oriole. Because I think he was pretty good as an O. He was. He was, he was not as good as he has been the last three or four years. Um, I'm just looking it up. Baltimore Orioles trade Kevin Gosman and Darren O'Day to the Atlanta Braves in exchange for... You might want to get out a shot of whiskey for this one, Smith. <laughs> Cash considerations. <laughs> J.C. Encarnacion, Brett oh, Cumberland, boy. Evan Phillips, international bonus slot money, and Bruce Zimmerman. Okay, so, you know, Mike doesn't doesn't bat a thousand. <laughs> what are you, you going to do? And can I just point out, that was the return for Kevin Gosman and Darren O'Day. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. But the, I think the point remains that um, that Orioles team was not going to uh, like the the five or six more wins that Gossman might have gotten them were actually detrimental to the planning process in the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although you wish you could have kept him around and uh, been riding this current version of him, Gossman on he'd this real good on this yeah in this rotation. Yeah, like if it was Gossman eating the innings on the, you know let's say he let's say if we'd kept him around he wouldn't have turned into the guy he has become which i don't know doesn't even make sense because he left in the previous regime maybe the new guys would have been able to do something with his te- who knows who knows who knows but gosman anchoring this rotate no shade to Kyle Gibson who i i very much i genuinely enjoy as a pitcher and a person but let's say it was gosman instead of Kyle Gibson and then Tyler Wells Dean Kramer uh, Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Bradish, doing the like holding the water in the mouth bit and everything that that would have been fun. That would have been, been fun. Would have been fun. Would have been fun to have some connection to. I mean, I think Cedric Mullins is now the longest tenured Oriole. Um, That's insane. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it really is. Like, there's almost no like. Trey Mancini was like the 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 leader in the clubhouse by a mile when we traded him and yeah uh there's really not like there's not much legacy like they really did a full tear down yeah. a full tear down and rebuild yeah sometimes well, they're kevin gossman sometimes they're dylan bundy's yeah yeah sometimes they're hunter harvey's sometimes they're uh what's his name the guy who ended up being amazing for the cubs um jake Racist. Arietta. Arietta. Jake. <laughs> Jake, <laughs> the racist Arietta. Racist Arietta. <laughs> Was he? I, I missed that whole yeah. <laughs> kerfuffle. Yeah. I, and, you Whoops. know, over the long term, like, yes, Jake Arietta had two and a half, had, had like, if you if you amortize it, he had two and a half very good seasons, one where he was historically good. I don't know. I'm not shedding many tears over the loss of yeah. Jake Arietta. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting in the, so, you know, where, where would you be next week after, um, the Jays and, and the Yankees? What's, what's, um, 
What's the success? I think it's exactly what you said. If we can win four of those six, or honestly, if we, I mean, if we can win three of those six, um, I'll, I'll feel pretty good. It, four of six would be a statement, I think. Um, and perversely, you know, the Yankees series feels like it has the potential to be a bit of a cool off <laughs> after, after the spin through Toronto. Um, I mean, the, the Toronto, the Yankees Toronto series that just ended is that was crazy a, fireworks. That was a barn burner. And because we are trolls at heart, I do think in our last couple of minutes here, we should just each weigh in on the question, Smith. Is Aaron Judge cheating? Yes. Is the judge cheating? Uh, in contempt. I'm holding him in contempt of court. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like, do you not know that there are cameras on you all the time? Yeah. Look, I, you know, I, I'm sure there will be more twists in that saga over the course of the season. But for the moment, I just... Love, I love watching Yankees fans get upset. It makes me so happy. And the whole, like, how dare you come at Aaron Judge thing. It's like, dude, <laughs> none of these guys, and I include every player on the Orioles roster in this, none of these guys is above looking for an angle. And yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I just, I love, like, you know, it's obviously nothing anywhere close to this, but I, I got a lot of good mileage um, just, you know, throwing that asterisk up behind uh, David Ortiz's name um, <laughs> when he would inevitably just pummel the Orioles. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I like it. I like it. I'm, 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 I'm going to go with the narrative, um, which is that he's all hype and the only way that he's ever managed to hit a home run at all is because someone's been feeding him lines. <laughs> take that well uh we'll 50, see if 97 those, home runs that he hit last year <laughs> we'll see if those remarks uh come back to haunt us at the top of next week um <laughs> they certainly will because he's going to run absolutely rough shed through uh he probably <laughs> the entire will Orioles. at least three home runs in that series okay but but as we as we conclude today's podcast um let me just harken back to last week when we were um, uh, uh, maybe slightly tongue-in-cheekly suggesting that um, uh, Felix Bautista no longer close for the Orioles and uh, say, say that my say favorite, that? <laughs> my favorite moment of Orioles baseball so far this year has been the matchup with him and Otani, uh, mm. with Otani representing the tying run in, in the game and... Um, did you see the sort of follow-up from that? No. Where Otani went to the um, Orioles uh, clubhouse and asked him to sign a ball and said on, through an interpreter, really? you got me. Nice splitter. Dude. And Otani allegedly said he really liked Baltimore. So. I have to say, Otani seems like a cool cat, man. I'm just saying, free agent signing. Let's bring him in as that. uh <laughs> <laughs> We got a spare seven hundred million dollars lying around, right? Who else are we spending it on? I mean, hopefully Adley Rutschman, but Well, yeah, okay. But that's that's only that's only one contract. <laughs> the Orioles payroll is ridiculously low. It is. Ridiculously low. It is. Um 
Well, Smith, you know, I think about all the stuff we've discussed today, and I'm really left with with just one other question, (laughs) which is, what do you call former Orioles prospect Henry Urudia when he unexpectedly gets a job as the radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Orioles and comes up with a signature home run call of the kind he might have used on the Adley Rutschman moonshot in yesterday's game. I don't know who that was, so I have very little chance of getting this one. (laughs) You would call him uh, Henry Wave It Adieu Rudia. Oh, Wave It Adieu Rudia. Very nice. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's, Wave it to do. That's what you would call. Wait, him. who who was on who was on the call? Uh, on the radio yesterday, it was Brett Hollander, Jeff Arnold, and Ribeye Reese, producer. Rick. Can you tell I've been listening to too much baseball? On the radio? <laughs> Love it. Love it. Good to hear. All right, friends. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>